You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. What up, what up? Thought I would try something different. <laughs> Simon is like a robot. Like he has a program, and like so he like I'm saying good morning. Like I can't, I can't deviate from the yeah, plan. That's, that already threw me straight away. <laughs> not even one minute in, and I'm already not sure what's going on. It's a good sign. Oh man, possibly he may go silent, like radio silent soon. So like <laughs> we'll see. You guys doing all right? Yes, I am. Yep, doing good. You. Good. Having a good week. Yep. You scored a goal last night. Scored a goal last hey. night. We That's won. Nah, that second part doesn't matter. You yeah. won? You yeah, for like the first time in what, five weeks or so? Uh, it's yeah, not it's been, been that three long. weeks. Three yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's been three weeks. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, you, you lost, you won one, lost two, and then won one, I believe. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Well, it's not been weeks because you have two games a week. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been like two weeks. So you lost three games, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's been the learning, the... um. Humidity, yeah, yeah humility, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the <laughs> it's really it, it, so I can't even I don't know how to get into it without being, but like in our smaller community, um, there's just a, certain mentalities that don't contribute necessarily to great teamwork all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a growth, uh, it's a growing process. And so, are you growing? We are growing. <laughs> Unity is getting stronger. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, we have, is it good, it's good news, uh, we're going back to church next week. Yeah. I mean, Sunday. Like, Sunday. So, if you listen to this, yeah, it's Sunday, regardless, it's going to be Sunday. We're going back to church Sunday. How do you feel about that? Oh, I feel good about it. I've not got any major responsibilities. <laughs> I'm just on the door spraying people's hands. Yeah, so yeah. I, I and telling that. kids that they can't come. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you feel about it? Good. I feel, I'm excited about it, seeing people that. Well, we've seen most of the people that will be there. Yeah, it's different though, you know. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. I Uh, am not happy about the fact that um, in the worship team, we changed the rules where (laughs) where they're not going to allow anybody to have any uh, sheet music or not sheet music, but like their their Yeah, you don't need to be reading lyrics. Or their lyrics and... I, I'm so nervous. But I mean, we've been doing this for years. You had I've years to this, lean okay, off of I'm that. doing this for years. I've been singing the same song for a few, the same songs for a few years. And I feel like I know the songs, but as soon as I get up there on the now, what we have a stage, um, which oh, anytime I sing in public, I always get nervous, no matter how long I've been doing it. And so um, the nerves uh, get to me. And so it's like always in the back of my mind, like, oh, oh crap, what's next? What's, what's the next lyric? Oh my goodness, I'm coming out of the chorus into the verse, is it verse one, verse two? But I can't think like that and focus. At the but what do you need to think about? Is what's the song, next? You know. Don't you, get it wrong, don't get it wrong. You don't, then don't get it wrong. I don't know, this happened to me one time when we went to a bigger church. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> actually a couple times, I don't know if you remember this, but during a Christmas play in Cochabamba, uh, when we did like this little Christmas oh, yeah, thing, yeah. Uh, the Mary did you know? Mary did like you that? know yeah, yeah. song. Um, I was like, "Semane mano." She sings in tongues. Hey, if, we, if, if that was a translation, lot, if that was anyone? A lot at interpretation, that church, I would have just went full on tongues. <laughs> 
that whole word. Anybody have an interpretation? Because this is, you're about to get rebuked. Sat down. <laughs> and had her own interpretation. Like, that's a, anyway. Have you ever seen a, <clears throat> other singers, I'm fully convinced that that's what they do. Like, they don't go into singing in tongues, but they'll be like, mm, hallelujah, praise the Lord, somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally. Like, he, I, he just step away from the mic and raise their hands. Like it's the benefits of charismatic worship. Uh, my grandfather, when he used to forget words when he was singing, he would just make new words up. That's brilliant. And so, yeah, it's, it's 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 like freestyling, but you're singing, and he and you can. I mean, I was a kid, so maybe maybe as an adult, if I went back, I'd be like, uh, what? <laughs> like, but as a kid, like it all made sense, you know. Like, oh, I didn't even know. I used to think it was so cool, like. Oh, he made that part because he, he would laugh about it in the car or whatever. He'd be like, I forgot the song. So I just made up some words to go there. And like he has such a big and booming voice and he, he enunciates so clearly when he's singing as well. So he's not one of those like mumble singers or whatever that you could hear if he was like messing up like mm-hmm. that. And so he would make up words. And and to me, in my, in my you know, 10-year-old head, they, they fit perfectly. Like, wow, didn't even know. I didn't know the song. You know what I mean? He knew the song. So, like, I didn't, like, oh, it fits perfectly. Could have been like, and Satan is the savior. Like, I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, good group. This guy's a genius. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's scary, though. It's like, in the moment, you just feel like a deer in headlights. It's like, oh, mm. man. And then you're disappointed because, like, dang it. Yeah. Yeah, we would always taught um, at college whenever you're like preaching or speaking on stage, never try and fill your gaps with ums and ers or something like that. Mm. Instead, just like take a take a step back because people think that you just like they called it like a holy moment, and all it is is actually <laughs> like it's just you trying to find your place again on your script. Like, oh man! Like, where did I take go? a step back and act holy, <laughs> and everyone will be like, "Oh wow, he's really taking a moment yeah. to say the scene." Yeah, it's like when you when you're playing instruments and music, you're not supposed to crush all your notes together mm-hmm. or like let your notes like on the guitar you're not let, supposed to let your notes like sustain all together you can play the right thing but it's like and they kind of like mix you're supposed to have like these breaks and spaces are the same and it's the same thing with preaching mm-hmm. and speaking publicly is breaks are good unless it's awkward like you're like you know and it uh like that's awkward you know what i mean but like if you can have a break too like man god is so good you know, in the Bible, like it's not, it doesn't sound as bad. It seems like you're pausing, yeah, even yeah. though you're not, you're not doing it on purpose, but just allow the space to happen. If, yeah, it, yeah. if that happens, you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Yeah. But it always feels longer when you're the one that's speaking, your break always feels oh, it's like it's a 15 two minutes. Break. Yeah, it's like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, so you're like, man, because you're up there and in your head, you're thinking, man, they must have noticed that I've stopped yeah. talking by now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything seems so much more longer, you know, so more. So much longer. You're talking like Joey. I'm talking like my kids more longer. That's exactly. It's, you know what they talk like that? My kids say like more bigger, more stronger. And they get that because you say in Spanish, you say mas grande, mm-hmm. mas, mas largo, mas alto. And so they, they're somehow translating back from Spanish. And so Jolie, she's always like, uh, Jalen's more bigger than me. I'm like, mm, no, she's just bigger. Like, <laughs> So yeah, anyways, now they've uh, affected me, infected me. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sunday, I, I, have mixed, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, I don't have mixed feelings. I'm excited about it, right? Like, it's great to join together as brother and sister. I'm just, I'm a little nervous. Um, haven't preached in this context in a long time, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, two, I, you know, I, I, above all, I just don't want anyone to get sick. 
Yeah. It's not deadly. I don't care. It's that I don't want anyone to get, to get sick mm-hmm. at all. Like I, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Um, however, we're taking all necessary precautions. Um, you know, it is what it is, man. It, it's a pandemic. I'm not going to sit and argue with the pandemic. Like just put the mask on, <laughs> wash your hands. You should have been washing your hands anyway. So like, you know, we'll do that stuff and, um, kind of try to limit our, social interactions and just, you know just following the rules man and we always talk about respecting the authorities and honoring the authorities and stuff when they agree with us and the, we pull out the bible verses and stuff but then when they say something we don't like oh they're out to get us and they're persecute this is not persecution by any means so we'll just follow the rules and somebody i saw a thing like and the conspiracy theories are just rampant at this point uh they said that the mask idea is about seeing who will actually follow what they're saying or not. I'm like, well, I put my seatbelt on too. Like, you know, like I have a license, I pay taxes. Like, so we, we all do what they say, you know, this is not, and are they monitoring Ramon and, in, in, I was going to say Coach Obama, in Trinidad, Bolivia by satellite? Oh, he put a mask on. Now he'll take the mark of the beast. Like, it's not, guys, this is not how it's going to work. I just put the mask on, which to be quite frank, in this season, it's not a terrible thing anyway because there's so many colds and stuff going around. Mm-hmm. And all the, like, I mean, we just, until now, we've never really wanted to walk around with masks. We still don't want to, but it, it, is, it is what it is. And so, you know, we'll be doing that on Sunday. That's a little bit weird. Um, not seeing people's faces as I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. And equally, and I was talking to you about this yesterday, is like, I was stressed yesterday because I'm in the middle of sermon prep for Sunday and stuff, which I had six months to get ready for the sermon. And here I am the week. <laughs> before now there's other stuff going on but um yeah and just like i have a whole i have a couple sermon series like uh at least outlined out of what i would they're not all prepared but they're outlined out for the future however going back i can't just show up and be like all right guys open your bible to first john we're gonna walk through like you can you know like this is something that happened and a lot of people were affected by it and obviously and are still being affected by it right um and so it's like I, I hate being forced to preach about something and not even having a little wiggle room on it. But equally, that's what's happening. And so I don't know. That's kind of been, yeah, whatever. And then also we're going back for two weeks and then we're off a week for elections. Here, elections happen on Sundays, um, always. And by rule, by law, um, you can't have any gatherings or anything that day. Um, Sunday is about voting and it is illegal to not vote here. Uh, Simon will be breaking the law again, um, as he always does. No, it's not. I mean, he actually can vote, but it's not as whatever. It's a different thing, obviously, because he's a uh, um, he's not Bolivian. But he in presidential elections, you you can vote even if if you have a visa, you you can vote, which is weird, right? Like, but uh, but in other elections, local elections, you can't vote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's election day in two weeks. Uh, two weeks from Sunday. So that's, you know, so we'll do two weeks and then we'll break and then we'll kind of be able to get into some type of hopefully normal rhythm. So there's just a lot of and we we, re, we remodeled our sanctuary completely. It looks like a different church. We just bought new chairs yesterday. Um, not the hugest fan of the color. Um, well, the chairs in general, but the options are very limited here. And so I feel like we got the best option of all of them. So just a lot of change and a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts for the first couple of weeks and uh yeah, no kids are allowed to come under 12 or whatever. And so dealing with that and trying to just trying to figure out no one still knows what's next. And it's just tough, tough, tough mm-hmm. time. So 
Yeah. Uh, One of our girls told me that she didn't think it was fair that she couldn't come to church. And I said, well, no kids are able to come to church because, and I explained, she said, but I'm your daughter. <laughs> like, yeah, you can make an exception, you know, <laughs> like you guys well, are the leaders. <laughs> and that, that was the thing is like, um, so the, the reason we, we can't let kids under 12 come is our kids could come and Kenny, like his parents come. 95% of the kids that come to our church don't come with their parents. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's not, we can't, you can't, we can't have children's church. Like we, uh, legally, we can't have children's church um, with all those kids running around there with you no know, mask and no, we just can't do it. Again, yeah. we're going to follow, we're going to, we're going to submit to the authorities. And so, um, because their parents don't come, they're going to come and they're going to sit in the service. Half of those kids have no problem coming and sitting. No, they have, they have no issue coming and sitting in the service, but they will be in it. So it'll just, it'll just be a mess. They're not going to listen to anything they're going to be trying to run around and just going to come to get corrected and so to be fair our kids like no we're not going to give like special privileges and so we had this conversation me and carla had it because our kids are pretty much the only ones that fall into this category of um, member kids or whatever and so you know obviously um her and carlos agreed as well like yeah it it wouldn't look fair for our kid because their parents you know what i mean because kids see this as a privilege of being able to come here and be around here which is great But um, equally, you know, I don't know. So it's a big thing. Anyway, it's a decision we made, and that's what we're going with. Sometimes you got to make a decision to live with the consequences. We shall see. And that's what we're doing. So my kids will be all right. I think yep. Kenny will be okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, the rest of the kids are over 12. So I believe, right? I'm probably leaving one or two out. But Ian's kids, but they stay home anyway, sometimes with mm-hmm. their grandma or whatever. So, yeah. All right. So, anyways. <laughs> Today's topic is uh, more of an open uh, conversation, but like, I guess what to do, how do you feel when your missionary stories or the ministry that you do isn't um, exciting to people or isn't like something that uh, that just makes people like, wow, you know, it's not something that wows people. It's not a super exciting ministry. It's maybe kind of mundane and and. Um, boring, I guess, not boring literally, but boring to the ears. It's not something exciting to talk about to mm-hmm. people. Um, what does that look? So do you ever feel like that? First of all, let me ask that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, especially as the longer time goes on um, and people get used to the work that you're doing. Because obviously, I think, because when you compare it to like a two-week mission trip or something like that, those two weeks are always jam-packed yeah. with mm-hmm. completely different things every yeah. single day. So one day you're at an orphanage, then you're at an old people's home, then you're visiting a zoo because uh, yeah, it's yeah. your day off. And, yeah. Then, and then Yeah, then you're going shopping or whatever, and then you're back to the orphanage, and then you're doing an outreach event, and then you're preaching at church, and then you're back home. Mm. Um, and so it's all just exciting 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas here, I mean, I'm a routine guy anyway. I like my routine, and so I do the... Very similar things every single week. So yeah. Monday, office day, Tuesday, office day, Wednesday, office morning, <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, football, yeah. repeat. Uh, and I do shopping on Wednesday mornings or Tuesday mornings or whatever. <laughs> and so it's like my life follows that pattern. So I, there's only so many times you can write that yeah. in, a, in a news report or a blog or someone says, oh, how was your day? It's like, oh, I've just been in the office all day. Yeah, you that's know? difficult when yeah. you have to write about it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, what about you? Excuse me, sorry, what? You picked the perfect you know, <laughs> Can you not hear and drink at the same time? <laughs> like, what's the challenge? 
<laughs> What's that about? So, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like it's not like like your ministry isn't exciting and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, there were two times when we uh, were doing ministry <laughs> where I felt like it it was exciting. And so it was always like, oh, I can't wait to share about this. Not Not that... I can't wait to share about any of it, but that I knew that people would get excited about it. One was when we worked at, in an orphanage, mm-hmm. and we would have stories of what the silly things the kids have done, yeah. funny, you know, um, and then heartbreaking stories and just things that I knew that people would want to connect with. Yeah. And then the second time was when we were in the Dominican Republic, and I worked with um, minors that were rescued from sex trafficking. And um, people, especially, you know, I think the past eight years it's been a hot ministry topic you know and churches have been wanting to be a part of of that and so um but outside of that and those are short periods of time considering how long we've been on the mission field outside of that it's just been like you said the same thing like oh what are you guys doing oh i'm discipleship what does that mean (laughs) oh yeah you know we we know a guy who's homeless and maybe um alcoholic and we visit him every week we sit down we take him food sometimes they eat with with them um and it's just the same thing relationship building Mm, and sharing jesus and how's he doing he's still drunk he's still homeless um (laughs) he hasn't yet uh seen the light of jesus um and you're still doing that yep still doing that (laughs) so Oh, (laughs) I just feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like sharing that with people makes them think, well, you're wasting your time. Because if it's not somebody that is completely vulnerable and faultless, I feel like people deem it as pointless. Well, they have a decision. They can just go get a job. They could choose not to pick up the bottle and they could just, you know, go live in a homeless shelter, but they choose not to. So you're wasting your time doing that. Um, so I don't know. Those stories are harder to share. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah you know, part is what, what what he said is the cause of that is just um, saying just um, the, that the mentality of sh- like short term missions. Which short term missions are great. That's not that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But that microwave mentality of like oh boom boom oh they came to the altar they did this they repeated they did whatever blah yeah. blah, blah 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 you know and. And I mean, not to put that down, but that's not always um, long term. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's sometimes it's great. It is. Um, but a lot of times it's 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 in the moment. Like we had a team to come here and they did a drama thing over in the front and like people came and they wanted to be saved. And, and the way we frame the question of who wants to be saved, too, is sometimes a little bit like, well, you're an idiot if you say no, you know. Yeah. And then like, so it was, it was good. I'm not knocking that anyway. But then, however, like, you, I mean... The, the people that did that, they weren't interested at all in committing to Jesus. They just wanted to be saved. And so, cause we had these conversations with some of these people after and, you know, we've seen them, they live right here in the neighborhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And that's a process that we have to work in and stuff, but equally like to the, to the group who left, it's like, Oh yeah. Whew, 16 people got saved and they're, and it's like, well, you know, and that's a, that's a, I know that's a touchy line or whatever, but equally it's like, they're not thinking today like, and maybe they are, but for the most part, they're not waking up this morning like, man, you know, I just, I hope that they're in church. You know what I mean? Like, I think to, a lot of times when, when we leave places, like, it's like checked off the box, they're saved, and like now they're just outside, out of mind, see you in heaven forever. And it's not, 
Um, I think that's a little bit oversimplified. Yeah, I and, think. <clears throat> no, I was, and I was going to say I think that um, kind of that that kind of affects the way that we see um, what some people would consider like just a mundane grind from day to day, which is biblical. Like just committing to people over a long period of time and not giving up on them, and like just committing to discipleship. Yes, man. Do you think that? we don't wish it was fast. Like, of course we wish it was like, you know, we wish we could plant a church in three weeks. We wish we could, you know, raise up uh, elders and you know what I mean? All this and like, everything's great in, in two months or whatever, but it's just, I mean, it just doesn't always happen like that, you yeah. know? What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say also like um, from my experience on the short term trip that I've been on, I have only been on one. Um, it's amazing that you go, you know, we've, um, <clears throat> what do I have? We uh, gave, uh, we served food. I can't remember if it was homeless or children at an orphanage. Um, but um, when you go and you do something like that on a short-term basis, people tend to want to respond with some form of gratitude, like a thank you. And so I know, for instance, if I go to, if someone invites me to their house and they say, hey, I want you to eat with us, I'm not just going to say thank you and leave. I'm going to say thank you, start picking up the dishes, help them wash the dishes, I don't know, sweep the floor, something I'm going to help. Or I'm going to take a cake or I'm going to take a drink, right? But my point is, is that the receiver always wants to respond with a form of gratitude. And so I think like one thing I think we see on short-term trips is that the people that are coming for the free meal or coming for the message or coming to receive free clothing or whatever, um, they want to respond with, a grat with gratitude. And so a lot of times raising their hand when you say you want to receive Jesus is their form of them thanking you for their time there and mm -hmm. for what you did. And so a lot of times it's not even an accurate depiction of people who actually genuinely want to receive Jesus um, more so than, oh, guys, you know, I'm embarrassed to come here and get something for free, and so I'm mm -hmm. going to let them know it wasn't for nothing. You yeah, know? yeah. The, when we were handing out um, the food rations or whatever you want to call it, like the food bags, um, there's a lady that used to come to our church that lives right over here. Uh, and uh, so anyway, we, we, I gave her two bags because, um, you know, her family, whatever, knew they were struggling and whatever. And I gave her one and then she said something. She's like, oh, thank you so much. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh, here, just take another one. And she's like, are you serious? And blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she had tears in her eyes and it was a great moment. And then she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she says, um, well, I guess when does service start back up? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, this is not what this is. This is not a business transaction. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> I laughed about it because it's just hilarious. Like her, she was like, well, I guess I owe you like, you know what I mean? Like I got to come to church now. It's like, no, yeah, we want you to come to church and be a part, but, eat, but this is not what this is about. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to feel obligated to come to church because we gave you something. And I think, uh, where does that come from though? Where do people develop? They don't develop that idea by themselves like, what, you know that what I mean? you? yeah like mm -hmm. no, no and that's from when churches give stuff and when like ministry and people they knew that she knows we're a mm -hmm. church when when we do that that we have an expectation to go is because churches here do that yeah, yeah. And, there's a very high emphasis on attendance absolutely yeah even if you are 45 minutes late and sit at the back and don't do anything as long as you go people seem happy with that yeah so it's like, oh, okay we he turned up and he sat at the back that's fine yeah. Um, and if you don't do that, people are going to question like, yeah. straight away, where were you, where were you? And if you put something in an offering bucket, mm. those are the two, like be here 
and put something in the offering bag. Like those are, and be here every time we open the doors as well. That's another thing. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, some churches have six six nights a week they have activities. Yeah. Um, and not like outreach activities, just like mm-hmm. basically service. They have service six times a week. It's like. I don't know. Anyways, it, it, oh, yeah. it filters um, filters down all the way, like even to to like young kids as well. Um, so at the the football ministry, a couple of them come to the youth group, the Fabrica, um, and so they'd always be like, um, "Oh, I see you at the Fabrica," and then there are other guys who who have never come to the Fabrica. They probably don't have a, even have a clue what yeah. it is. As they're leaving on Friday, like this before, obviously, lockdown. Mm-hmm. As they were leaving on a Friday, they'll be like, oh, yeah, see you at the Fabrica. <laughs> they don't know like, what it is. <laughs> you've never yeah. been in your life. You probably you don't even know where it is. Yeah. You don't know what it is. Yeah. You just heard someone else say, oh, I'll see you at the Fabrica. So I'm, I better tell them that I'll see yeah, you at yeah, the yeah. Fabrica that's, as well. That's how I get this training. <laughs> yeah. You got to say I'm coming. But Because uh, they're, re- they're waiting for you, anticipating you to guilt them. Mm. And, oh, you weren't there and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, we want people to come, but that's not. Yeah. It's not how we do it. You don't hang carrots in front of people's heads, on, you know, mm-hmm. and um, lure them into the church like that. That's not the way to do it. Um, we got a little bit sidetracked. Yeah, sorry. But, <laughs> that's my fault. No, but I think um, that's something that we strug- we've struggled with for years is because, of, I mean, the main and central part of our ministry is discipleship. So, I mean, specifically here, like we have um, – I mean, there's people that talk to me about all kinds of stuff, and I don't even talk to y'all about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would I do that? And so why would I write a newsletter mm. about, right. you know, or do a video about, like, the videos are fun, haha, cool stuff or whatever, but I really try to leave out a lot of the personal stuff, which ironically, not so ironically, I guess, mm. is where <laughs> the deepest ministry stuff is is happening. And the real stories are, are individual private stuff that people will never hear about. Mm. And so it's like there is this, this tension of like, okay, in this type of ministry, there at one one day there will be like fun stories. Mm-hmm. Like there will be, oh, such and such is uh, but we're just not there. We're building that. And to build the foundation for that, because the goal isn't stories, it's effectiveness. But I get to like as a donor on that side of it, yeah. you want to know like, well, okay, what <laughs> What do you guys know? Oh, I went to coffee with my friends. Like what? Like, mm. I mean, you went to coffee with your friends. That's great. But oh, what'd you do? That was Monday. What'd you do Tuesday? Oh, I went to coffee with another friend. Like, oh, uh, Wednesday. Oh, I went to the movies and like, you know what I mean? So like, it gets kind of like, oh, oh, okay. So I, I get from that perspective of why, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to support and be like a part or a team supporter of that, you know, because it's a team effort, right? It's hard to do your part of the team if you feel like the other person's not doing their part. Yeah. And so, um, especially when they're the feet and hands and feet of the of the of the partnership or whatever. Um but equally, I think like we get it, we fall into that thing of like, I met someone who builds wells and twenty thousand people have water now because they build well, that's great. And that, that's not bad at all. That's a great thing. But I don't build wells. And so just because I don't build wells and it doesn't feel as exciting and the results aren't in three weeks, like, mm. don't give up on me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ask questions, like, seek what. And so it, it's, a very, it's a very frustrating thing mm. because you're constantly seeking how to um, – it's, it's marketing, unfortunately. Yeah. It is. But, if, you, if you study anything even about a good communicator um, – or good communication, they tell you the key to communicating, public speaking especially, is to be a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And whether you're writing, or you, you have to be a good storyteller. You're speaking, you have to be a good storyteller. And how are you going to be a good storyteller when you don't have a good story? And what is a good story? Something people want to hear that, that 
draws them in, you know. I mean, you have good stories. You just can't tell them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I feel like we're probably all well of stories in some in some way, shape, or form. But, like, you I just can't tell them. I like, feel like it's so tacky, though. Like, even if you, we, we could tell them. We just feel like it's no, crossing not, a line yeah, no, to no, tell no. them. But that's what I mean. I can't tell them. Like, right. I'm not going to do but that. But I, I just feel like, because some people do tell these stories that are very personal. I just feel like... Man, this is their story to tell when they want to tell it. And um, also, to a certain extent, it just feels like it's just not sacred, but just very private. It's It's private. It's a breach of Mm. privacy. Confidentiality. Yeah, confidentiality. It's kind of like You lose your effectiveness if if Simon shares something personal with me and I go and I tell, Mm -hmm. oh, man, Simon, he was struggling with this, but now he's not. Mm. Even though he's overcome it, it's still not something I'm I'm up. I'm, yeah, it's my it's not my place to share that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I think that when people come to you a lot of times, it's because they trust you. Mm. And so it's kind of like going to a psychiatrist or psychologist. I don't always get it confused or a doctor or whatever. Like there's personal stuff that by law they can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I don't know. I, I Personally, I like to go by that kind of same thing. It's like if someone like confides in me on that level. I, I'm just not going to talk about it, especially yeah. not here or in the you know videos or newsletters and stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. there's a I know there's a line there somewhere, but I just don't want to exp- like I don't want to get into explo- exploitation. Yeah. I understand the temptation to do that because oh yeah, I, I want to share all these stories because it's testimonies a lot of it right mm-hmm. like so it's good stuff, it's good news and it's stuff that people would want to hear, but it's equally very private. Mm-hmm. And so it's like okay, so I'm going to exploit your story. And and your um dig and put and basically put your dignity on on the altar so that I can help reach you better. But why do I need to reach you better now? Because your dignity's been further destroyed by me. But I'm going to destroy it more so that I, it's just this weird cycle. Which I do get it, but at the same time, you can't do both of those. You know what I mean? You can't build people up and tear them down at the same time. So, like, I have a question because there there are certain ministries that are considered, you know, like the hot topics or the hot ministries right um why do you think that they are because i feel like but wait what do i think that they're the hot hot uh, ministries that people oh, want because well, i mean about. they have exciting stories and stuff but and I, like, but i mean let's like, say for instance to feed the children and they do their videos to me it's just tasteless you know flies all on the kid's face and they're like yeah. really skinny and and obviously in need of food and people that's you always know, bothered me. For a dollar a day, you can feed this child and just stare. With I'm the like, that, I always watch that. I'm like, you're standing right there. You're standing right in front of the kid. Why are you asking me? Like, mm-hmm. you, you, you got the big camera, yeah. a $40,000 camera. And I'm not saying that I can't help, but like you're standing right there and you didn't even bother to wipe the kid's nose off. Yeah. Like, the, But I, I get it. That tugs mm-hmm. on heartstrings because this is, the, this is the bigger problem. And it needs to be confronted on on an individual, uh, not individual level, and like a church at the church level, I guess, because we can't confront it from here either. The problem with us is that we do good things, but not as unto the Lord. We do it so that because so that we can feel good about ourselves. Mm. We know that we're bad people. We know about our secret sins. We know about our struggles and whatever. And so, any opportunity that we can get to kind of uh, pay our way out of that or do good deed out of that mm. or add a good deed to the well, yeah I did two bad things but I did four good things yeah but you still did two bad things so this is not you know what I mean it's not it's not a game to where who has the highest score mm. and so a lot, I'm not accusing everybody that by no means am I doing that but I am saying that's an issue that we have as humanity um, is that we 
do good works, but we do it for ourselves so that we feel yeah. good about it. It's not even about bragging. Sometimes for people it's about bragging. Sometimes. But a lot of times it's so that I can feel good about myself. So I can feel, I don't feel guilty or I don't feel conviction about not um, being obedient to the Great Commission or not about sacrificing or not about giving. The pastor's talking about, he did another, uh, he did another sermon series on giving. Oh, let me give to this kid over here on the, on the TV, which, hey, it's great that you do it, but you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. And it doesn't mean just happy and smiling. I mean, somebody who's into it for his reasons and his purposes and is happy and joyful about it, you know? Mm. And, um, and I don't know. It's just like that. That's a nasty web of us and our sinful nature and stuff in, in the midst of all that, too. You know, so it, I mean, it, you can't necessarily accuse big organizations. You can on the level that what I can accuse them of is putting that kid on camera with flies on his face yeah. it's and ma- all that it's stuff. making the, the the vulnerable, the I guess, the yeah, the vulnerable their billboard and it's just wrong it's so wrong yeah no it, it's it's wrong like i mean i don't i don't think it's a conscious decision on the board but i think the mentality is is oh this kid's dignity is already destroyed so put a video up yeah on i it. mean i think there'll be a two-way i've never worked in one of these charities so mm-hmm. i don't know but i imagine there's for me there's there's a, there's a two-way thing going on i think I do think the board are conscious when they make those yeah. type of videos. I think they're fully aware of what yeah. they're doing because they have targets to reach. Right. They have a certain amount That's of monies true. that they need to bring That's in. True. Especially they if have you to. Yeah, if you're a massive corporation like a, a Compassion or a Save the Children yeah. or a Feed the Children, any one of them, yeah, yeah. you have to you have you need to be bringing the in budgets, millions. Yeah, you like, need to be bringing in millions each year. Um, and so that brings on to the second point of it is that people give out of guilt. And so mm. when people see those videos, that's what pushes them to give. Mm. And so for me, there's a, there's a two-heart issue in that. It's the one, it's the, it's the charity saying, okay, we need to hit these budgets, so we need to make the most heart-throbbing stories and videos that we can do. Yeah. And there's a second thing where people do just give more out of guilt. It just like facts. You, know, you, you see it like, um, that's why so many... Um, like in the UK, we have like loads of like campaign days. So it'd be like once a year where a charity would just do major fundraising on that day. Um, and they'll just hit you with story and story and story and story because that's so much easier to get money out of you in that one day because all they have to do is make you feel guilty enough for that one day. Yeah. And then you give rather than saying, okay, look, hey, can you sponsor us 10 pounds a month? Some months we won't be doing that much. Other months yeah. we might be doing more. <clears throat> then people are a little bit more like, eh, uh, I can't really afford ten pounds a month, yeah. but if you make them feel guilty, they'll give you ten pounds. Yeah, yeah. And so I do. I think there's a. I think there's a two heart problem in it. I think it's the people who are asking for money and then the people who give money. Um, yeah, I think for a lot of times we give out of guilt. We think, oh, that's so bad for that person. I feel so bad for them. Here's ten pounds, and then I'll carry on with my life. Yeah, I think uh, the idea too of that immediate return of of your investment is like, okay, I give you know, $10 a month to that one child or that one family, I know the immediate investment is they're going to eat. You know, yeah. it's that simple. Yeah, but because well, they, they say on their campaigns as well, don't they? Like 10 pounds is enough to buy 200 mosquito nets yeah. or mm-hmm. 50 barrels yeah. of water or this, that and the other. So it's, you people 
a lot of people like stats and statistics of where their money's going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We can't say that. Someone who gives me £10 a month, I don't know where your £10 a month is going. <laughs> I will spend it. Like, I don't know where it's going. this yellow cup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, could, it could go on this yellow cup <laughs> so that I don't have emojis on my cups anymore for yeah. the videos. Okay. That's why you didn't have an emoji. <laughs> I have to pay my electric yeah, bill. Yeah, it could get an electric <laughs> bill. Or it could go to buying ice cream on a discipleship course. Yeah. Or, it it, could, or water so, for the kids. Yeah. It, and that, that, that is just not exciting. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, like, oh, you paid your rent for your office? Yeah. That's not exciting. Yeah, you paid your electric bill. Uh, you paid internet. Like, people know that you have these yeah, things, yeah. but when they give, they're not thinking about no. those parts of the budget. Yeah. Equally, as to the, big, as to the bigger programs or whatever they're called, nonprofits or whatever, they are just telling you, if you and they, they do help kids. But what they're not telling you is that 70 some percent, because I mean, not all of them, but some of them, you know, some of these salaries are extremely yeah. like, I mean, there's a guy that's, yeah, he gets $800,000 a year. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a big job, mm-hmm. but, and then he doesn't pay for any, because it's public. You, you can, you know, all this stuff is public, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had to investigate it one time for some stuff for Red Roots and, because you have to, you have to get the averages of different numbers of the, and so, anyways, um, and you have to submit it to our lawyer and blah blah blah. blah. So, anyways, I, I found all this out and I was just like shocked. Eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and then like he doesn't pay for like travel, hotel, mm. and like he's going all over. And it's 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 abusive, honestly, if I'm being completely honest. Mm. Um, and and like I said, it's a lot of work, but it ain't eight hundred thousand dollars of work, especially when we're talking about um, donors and stuff. But what they don't tell you is that hey. Of course, they don't tell you that, right? Like, hey, we're going to pay him $800,000 a year, so we really need you to give your $10. Because that's not mm. what, the, what the charity exists for. Yeah. It exists supposedly to help the kids. But, I mean, it does help the kids, mm-hmm. but then equally, you have these inflated salaries of people that, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people getting a lot of money. But then I have a friend who lives in Arizona, and, like, he, has to, he works for a nonprofit. He has to raise, like, some of his own salary as support and it's just a tough thing. And like, so you see people like that, like when he like works, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and he's struggling to like, you know, he's kids and stuff. Like, so he's trying to make ends meet and stuff, you know, whatever. And like, you see him struggling, but then, you know, because, because most of the money that their, their nonprofit raises, raises is going to whatever that they, they say they do is like leadership training and stuff like that. I, I don't know. It's just frustrating. And it's hard. It, it's like, the best thing to do is not really look over there and pay attention to what they're doing. But it's very hard because when you see yourself struggling, you will look around to be like, why am I struggling? Or am I the only one struggling? Mm-hmm. And then you notice like it just it gets worse, right? Like because you notice you're like, oh. And then sometimes you're on the ground and you see different stuff that's not maybe as true as people would portray it to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, 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 it's a mess, to be honest with you. And um, I don't know, man, I think. But I think people... On the other side of it, on the giving side, we should be more engaged. Like, I th- giving is great, but I think, and I think you should, you, you not deserve to, you need to know. Like, you have to know what's going on. Now, like Simon said, I don't know if people can tell you at, on this level, on a higher level possibly, but wherever the red cent that you gave went, mm-hmm. but we can tell you what was spent on what, mm-hmm. but like, you know, exactly if you gave $5, where did my $5 go? Oh, into the general fund of, you know, I could have went to the church, could have went, you know, whatever. And so, but um, I don't know, man. I, it's just a tough, it, it's a sticky, like. I think every, 
I guess the I'm huh? No, I can't. I can't oh, think of the word I'm trying to say. Sticky situation. Anyway, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think every um, ministry then can be, um, depending on how you, I guess, share or how much you're willing to to expose, um, can be sexy. You know, can be quote unquote, you know, that hot topic because it just depends on how you. What you share about, like Simon, you you work with these kids in the football program. Mm. You know some of their backgrounds. You know the situations that a lot of them live in, physically, emotionally. Some of them are abused. You know, some of them you know come from one parent home and struggle with, I don't basic necessities. You know, mm. you can easily take a snap, a picture of a kid, post it, pray for Ricardo. Mm. He's this. He's mm. this. You know, he's he's seven and he has to work to pay for the bills or pay for food every day. Mm. Um, and, and that I guarantee you'll be like, I want to support Ricardo and his family for the yeah. year. Mm. Which but, it's not always wrong. It's just, it, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of like a gray area in there that you like, you're just kind of like, you don't know what is, the, you know, what does this look like or whatever? But I don't know. I think I, I, I wish um, that people would ask more questions in private and like talk more mm. in private and stuff. Like, more so than just like, oh, here's the money. Like, I appreciate it. Definitely, I'm not, by no means am I complaining. But here's the money. Like, see you later. Like, no, nah, I want people to be, like, uh, emotionally invested as well and, like, really, like, knowing how to pray and what's going on. Because there's some stuff that I would tell in private. I wouldn't say names and all that stuff or show people's faces, but I would tell a story in private that I wouldn't tell here. Mm-hmm. Just I don't like that, being out in the Internet airwaves of, yeah. you know what I mean, uh, forever of that idea or putting people on video, like in picture, I, I'm not really with, with, with all that. And so that's why we don't really take a bunch of pictures of people mm. is cause like, I don't know. I'm, I think it goes back to like years ago when we had this conversation of when we saw things being done, um, unethical, basically unethically. And just, it just was rubbed us the wrong way. We were like, we are not going to be like that. Mm. And so I think we kind of went over, exaggerated a little bit on making sure that we don't even get tempted to do it because we know what it looks like and what it mm. feels like to to do that and so i don't know i think we i think it's not all bad you know yeah. it's not not all bad at all mm. yeah because it does become difficult in the sense of it affects your mindset in in your work as well because you're always looking for your next story like you're Absolutely. always looking That's for your true. next thing for your blog and for your output and so it's not the reason you do stuff, but it quickly becomes to your mind. Like I wasn't meant to be here today. I was meant to be on a, a different, mm-hmm. like a day outreach mm-hmm. event kind of thing done by the hospital. I was asked if I could go along and help out with the kids' work. Um, there wasn't enough room in the ambulance, so I had to stay behind, which is fine. Um, but I remember accepting it, and I was um, and like the Sam, the guy that I work with in football, he was like, "Oh, could you come along?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah that'd be great." Within a few hours, my mind went, oh, this would make a great blog. Mm-hmm. Like straight away, I was like, oh, yeah, I can write about this. This yeah, gives yeah. me something for the month to write about. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take photos for it. And so it, it does creep into your mindset of, of daily work as well. Suddenly, like a really just event that I want to enjoy, I'm now looking to turn into something that I can, I can write about and tell people about, which is good. And I should be writing and telling mm-hmm. people about it. Um, but it's difficult, like when just your daily life starts becoming like okay how can i write a story about this now yeah mm-hmm. was it you were telling me that back in the day missionaries would go on the field with their coffin because that's was that you no, no. someone i was chatting with somebody about mission help. Uh, for, hmm? was it you 
Probably. But you told me that? Probably. That missionary. We live together. <laughs> huh? We live together and talk often, so <laughs> could imagine. Be. Could have been anybody, And we're missionaries. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that um, before all this technology, right? I thought you were going to say before COVID. Like, I was no, like, no, no, that's not true. Before technology, um, missionaries would leave their home country with their coffin and their belongings in the coffin and say bye. Like, I'll see you when I see you. Um, and the, the people who sent them weren't, like, I just wonder when that happened and if technology has everything to do with. wonder when what happened. How, the change between the person that's sending and supporting the ministry um, mm. wants to know. Oh, because they can now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people wrote letters then, but it just took three months. Like, if yeah. like, if someone, if your grandma died, you're gonna find, you're gonna find out six months after she's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's like, but some people sent letters and stuff. Well, they, I want to correct myself because I don't think there's anything at all wrong with supporters wanting to know. I Let think me they just should fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they should want to know. But but maybe more as more uh, the question would be like, when did it happen? When yeah. the the missionary felt like, okay, now I need to start thinking about all these yeah, things yeah, that yeah. I need to that write pressure. about. Yeah. I think, go ahead. Well, yeah. well even like, oh, based on that, um, I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, but the Brushka? Mm-hmm. Brushka? That's what I was thinking. I remember reading his story and he, like, he would just go back to them. I can't remember what city it was. Was it Bogota in Colombia? Something like that. Um, yeah, good. Go ahead. Uh, he, would, he would go back to the, um, the city just on the off chance that there might be money waiting for him there and he would go back to his <laughs> yeah. postal box he'd yeah. open it up it's and a long a, trip and there was a there's a check for like 500 dollars or something like that and it's like he's had no contact with anyone for like the last yeah. two years he goes back and someone's written him a check yeah. for 500 dollars, and so that means over those two years someone without receiving anything from him mm-hmm. has woken up and thought man i wonder how bruce is doing we yeah. should write him a check for 500 dollars. they don't even know if he's alive yeah, yeah. just sending 500 dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's true i never thought they, about like, that point they just don't even know they yeah. just go ah, we'll send it and if he gets it he gets it it's if even dead, likely yeah it's likely that he's dead i mean because yeah. the guy went through so much stuff yeah. you know like oh and then he got you didn't read the second book did you no I well, he gets like one. he gets like captured and like He's in. He gets captured in the big first one too, but he's like tied to a tree for like months, mm. and so like I mean he's going to he's you know like he's going to so it's weird. And then he but he does he turns in yeah he go what am I trying to say? He uh, gets into this thing where he goes back and forth or whatever. And mm. So it's uh and he sends his letters when he's in when he's yeah. in Bogota. I think it is Bogota. Anyways, he sends his letters and stuff when he's there and re- yeah receives his mail in his box and it's like. It, it, yeah, it's very far and in, far, far few and in between his communication. But I think that's the expectation for him too, mm. because yeah, people yeah. know where he is. He's way off. I mean, deep in the jungle with like you know with, with people who were considered savages and like you know they killed people and headhunters and whatever. And so, what are you gonna say? I just say oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I think that that, that gives him. I don't want to say a pass, but in people's, they know he literally can't do yeah. it. With us, we have internet, we have Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, email, phone. You can call me on the phone. Like, you can, it doesn't cost you anything. You know, text, you can text us via iMessage. We can WhatsApp. We can, uh, what's it called? Facebook Messenger, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't make sense in people's minds. And it shouldn't that here we are, you see my kids, you see all this, but you see nothing ministry wise mm-hmm. ever. I think people are just kind of like, uh, whoa. But then equally, too, on the other side of that, I think church's perception of missions over the last 40 or 50 years has gone down. 
um, the church has been become largely inward focused, um, not even evangelistically focused, to be honest with you. And so then missionary missions becomes like another thing. Not every church, obviously, but this in the you know grand scheme of things, generally speaking, um, it becomes like oh that thing over there. And so it's like you, it's just something you're just somewhere else and somebody you know so that people don't have that same level of interest that they used to and what you're doing. And so they don't, they're not, some people do. Yes. I want to be very clear about that, but people aren't just waking up every day, um, praying for missionaries. That's not, that used to be a lot more normal, I think. Um, and and so like, and then writing letters, writing letters is way harder than saying what's up through a text message. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So people were taking time, like sitting down, writing these letters and getting all the stamps necessary and sending these letters to, missionaries and vice versa missionaries were doing the extra work as well and i think you know technology has definitely made us more uh lackadaisical in in the way that we do stuff whatever but i think um now you said uh roi return on investment and i think now people see it that way because it's a it's a it's a box on the budget of giving the missions so it's like all right i invested in you i want to see return I get it, but that's a very dangerous way to look at it too, because it's a business, and you it, it starts to take the people factor out of it, and you just want to see numbers. Is what you want to see, yeah. and that's not people can't always produce numbers, mm. you know. And um, if we did what Jesus did, we lose support. Had twelve people. Oh, good start, guys. Good start. And oh, we have five thousand pe- men last week. We couldn't even count the women and children. We have five thousand men. Oh, awesome. And then next week, yeah, we got on a boat and went away because it seemed like all they wanted was food. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Because that reflects on their reports as well. And so it feels like you missed the golden opportunity. You know what I mean? That's the way that we look at it or whatever. Be- sure. But because there's no, I'm trying to say because there's, and I'm not, tr- I'm trying to say it in a nice way. That's why I'm like cookie cutter and around. Like, you know what I mean? But like, it's not making sense yet. Um, but like, be- just because the church as a whole doesn't have, a huge interest in, in when I say interest, I don't mean they don't give. I mean a personal, we want to invest money, but we don't want to be invested personally mm. in our hearts and our, like our minds, our prayer time and stuff like that, which is a weird thing, but equally also shows anyway, it's a different thing. Um, but because we don't have that connection and that personal invest, I'm invested emotionally into missions. There's not a lot of people that can say that. Um, because we don't have that anymore. Now it's like, all right, show me what you've done lately. Like, you know what I mean? Which is what typically that's the rhythm of the world too. Is like, not what have you done? What have you done for me lately? And so it's like, it turns into this like weird, okay, well, what have you done? What? Who? Well, there's an expectation. Again, there should be an expectation, but it turns into like kind of, it can wear the missionary down. But equally, it's, it's just all over the place because equally some missionaries need to be worn down because they don't do anything. Yeah. Mm. Like they don't, like honestly, being honest, like I, we've known people and you know, I know missionaries listen to this and whatever and I'm not attacking anybody but it's just the truth is it's the truth. People have gone to the mission field and lived in the best house they've ever lived in their lives, had more cars than they've ever had in their lives, less, they don't work, they have a maid and all this stuff. So I'm not knocking any of that. Those are personal choices. However, but then not do anything like related to your work or like, you know, just kind of a one-off thing once every two weeks, do something like that's disrespectful to, you know, the people who are believing in not just you, but the ministry and the work that they supposedly sent you there to do. 
if you can't do it, it's hard to get started. Like we get that, whatever, but that needs to be communicated as well. Well, yeah, then, then I'm sure that's where a lot of the checks and balances came into play. Too, uh, exactly, like, exactly. So well, you can't. We've been yep. as a church supporting you for two years, and this is all that you've yep. done. Mm. You've been abusing our support. Exactly, gonna, and that's now, yeah. and that's why we can't like we can't just be like upset about that you know what i mean or yeah. like as a, as a whole like missionaries can't take that as insulting is because we've created this mm-hmm. so we've created the needs for checks and balances because we've been untrust untrustworthy or what is it Not, untrustworthy untrustworthy mm-hmm. we've been untrustworthy um steward on yeah we, yeah poor stewards of of that of what we've been given and stuff and then some people like the guy there's a guy here that he came and he was raised all this money to start a school and the school was super dynamic at the point rudy went there um for a time, and then like he raised some money to build an addition onto a building, and people sent like a million dollars or something. It was crazy. And they came, and it, like the pictures that of the plans they had was this big building, so people were excited. Then a team came, and it was like this little corner of a building, and it's like they say like the group of people came and they cried because they worked so hard to raise all that money mm. to invest in the project, mm. and then came and saw like. We spent all this money for basically like a new bathroom. I mean, it's more than that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like a new, or there was another thing he did. Like he raised money for um, a big like traveling, but like a, I guess where I live, it's a Greyhound bus, like a bus that takes you from city to city, like those trans. I don't know what they're called, traveling buses or whatever. Um, he's raising money for that and raised the money for that, but then he ended up buying like a, a smaller, like uh, exaggerated shuttle. Uh, and so again, people saw that and were like crushed and whether we like it or not or whether they like it or not or whatever it doesn't matter the reality of that is is that those people are never going to like fully trust missionaries again because Mm. in the idea of sending money to do something that you can't really see and you're not there to monitor that the trust is broken and the trust isn't just broken for him some people maybe they can you know uh, like separate that but for the most part people can't do that yeah um and so the trust is broken for him so it's like now the trust is broken for us and for you and for you know all of our missionary friends as well who are doing great work for the kingdom of god and so now we're struggling we're fighting against a reputation created by our some of our brothers and sisters as well of mishandling mismanaging money or just straight out lying about money and yeah. stuff too and so it just it, it creates this big nasty culture of it's just like i don't know it's tough and so with that said i'm not i'm not defending it but you do see why yeah missionaries um get to the point where they maybe overshare stories or share stories of what we consider exploitation they feel like they have to do it to prove that hey we are legitimate and we are doing stuff we're not like person x y or z Mm -hmm. This is who we really are. We're really doing this, and so it's just. So I guess eleven years of this. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to figure this out. Yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. And I, my question was going to be like, so then, okay, say there's a person listening and they, um, they want to get into ministry that we would say is worldly known as something mundane, something everyday kind of grind thing. Like, what is advice? What is the solution? Like, you don't have this ministry that everyone's going to be jumping, knocking on your door to want to support. So what do we do? Yeah. I'll, like, in the words of a uh, pastor, philosopher, apparently, that um, 
we had a church supporting us one time and they got a new pastor. The new pastor, his first order of business was to write us a letter saying, God is your source, not us. Good luck. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, we never said you were our source, but God uses people. Anyways, but like, I mean, I think that's number one is like, man, you really have to um, grow in the fact that God is your source. Yeah. Um, you know, communicate all you can. Like, that's what we talked about last week, right? It's like, you definitely have to communicate all you can. Instagram, fa- you know, Facebook, talk to people privately if they're, if t- that's the hard thing is though, is, is that even when you talk to people privately, you don't want to talk for 10 minutes about something and they're just not even listening anymore because they don't, they don't care. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's not, they're not being malicious and not caring. They just don't, they genuinely don't care. It doesn't affect them. They don't, it's different place. And, and that's another point for another day. But, uh, you got to do what you can, man. Be faithful in what you can. And as we talked about on Monday, being faithful yesterday, being faithful in what you can and allowing God to do what God does. You know what I mean? Like, so communicate, take pictures, tell stories where you can, and like really try to um, communicate more than like just a little generic blurbs and stuff on Facebook. God is good today, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's good. That's great. But a lot of that's generic. And it's like, it's like you can buy that at Walmart and put it up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, be sincere and genuine with people yeah. uh, um, about your struggles as well. You know what I mean? Uh, not complaining and, and accusing all that stuff because it's not, it's no one's fault. But being um, transparent, I guess, um, seek seek help and uh, what's it called? Um, guidance help, uh, mm-hmm. not counseling. I'm talking about just people like uh, pe- people's that have experience. Uh, I can't think of advice, wisdom. Advice, yeah. yeah. Seek out advice and we have wisdom as well and stuff like that. But um, and he, uh, overall, just stick to it. Like, if you know you're doing God's work and you know you're, like, being obedient to what God has called you to do, um, if God has called you to uh, do something that's, like, a, just make disciples, in a, which he has called us all to do, but it looks different in different um, contexts. But if he's called you something that's not super cool or whatever to people, um, still share. Don't get this. Because that's the thing is yeah. sometimes I think you share and when people don't respond or don't whatever, then you get like down about it and you just kind of want to stop sharing. But don't stop sharing. It's your job to share and your responsibility to share because um, people do care. It feels like no one cares, but there are people that care. Yeah. Um, but equally, never I mean, just make sure you're dependent on God, man, as your source. Like you really are like you're, you know, <laughs> excuse me, um, you, that you're looking to God as your source, as your provider. And I think a lot of times we say that as a way, as a comeback, like that God did to like, oh, I don't talk to people because God is my source. Like we had some friends that used to say that, like, oh, we don't share needs because we just, God just is going to provide. And that didn't work out great for them in the long run. Um, But so, yeah, definitely like believe that God is your source, but equally believe that you are in a partnership with these people. Mm -hmm. So it's you can't just say, oh, God is my source. He's going to provide because you're tired of it. Mm -hmm. No, you have to keep sharing and keep sending and whatever. Now, if they don't read it, that's on that's their choice. They don't have to read anything you sent, but you have to send it regardless, you know. And so but equally in the midst of doing all that sending and whatever, keeping God as your source and understanding that he provides, but he provides through these people. And just like he provided through those people, if Mm -hmm. something happens, then he'll provide through other people and stuff. Um, I think there's also a beauty in a partnership where they're supporting the work that God is doing through the ministry and through, through you. And no matter what that work looks like, because we all know that 
based on the time, situation, our work will look different, you know. Mm-hmm. For some ministries, the work is always going to be feed the homeless or build wells or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, bring in prostitutes uh, and, and disciple them, you know. And so our work looks different, but, and, and then you have those supporters that are only going to support the work. So once you switch work, you're, wait, you're not feeding homeless anymore, you're doing orphanage work, that's not what I signed up for. You Which know? is fair. You Which know is fair, mean? yeah. And so they, they look for someone and, or calls that they want to support. But then there's that, that partnership that every once in a while you hit, you, you have the privilege, I guess, of, of forming these relationships where the person's just like, I believe that God, that you are a man of God and you're a woman of God and you hear from God yeah. and you are there to do the work of the Lord um, in every area of your life and whatever you're doing. So mm-hmm. if you need to go out and feed the homeless today and then tomorrow you need to go out and and build a church and then the next day you need to go out and work with the kids in the football ministry yeah then count on us we're behind you we'll yeah, support we you we're praying back. for you mm. let me know how your week went you know those yeah. are those are beautiful priceless and we, we have we have some of those for the record definitely and like people that have just been like loved on us in that way for years and stuff and so it's great mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, you just man but stick with it you know what i mean like just stick with it you got any advice on that? No, I think you covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird topic because, I mean, we don't have an answer to it, I guess. But it's something that deserves to be talked about. You know what I mean? Because mm. I think there's a lot of people that probably deal with this as well um, that do things that aren't just as, like, dynamite or shooting fish in a barrel type. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, boom, boom. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it's just not as exciting to to the ears or eyes when they see the videos and stuff. And so... Um, yeah, it's definitely stick with it, and and then don't get discouraged, and then don't get bitter. <laughs> like, yeah, don't get yeah. Or look at other ministries and just put make them completely like evil. Like, oh, they are doing yeah. one thing, and they're getting great support because of this. They must be manipulating. It's like, they, they might be, but I mean, that's none. At the end of the day, it's really none of your business. business. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like I tell one of my daughters all the time. It's like, worry about you. Don't worry about anybody else. You heard me saying that yesterday. <laughs> worry about you. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So this week, we got interesting stuff coming. We got church coming back up. So we're trying to get geared up for that. We got some different graphic stuff to do. You guys are going to do that today, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I got to finish my sermon prep. Hopefully, I'll finish today. That'd be awesome. And then... I can worry about another other stuff they got. Simon's got to worry about like work on his speech to reject the children, yeah. turn the children away. Spider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think this Sunday they'll know. It'll be next Sunday that'll yeah, be more yeah. like they'll start popping up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll see. That's all I got. You got anything? I'm good. You got anything? I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, you guys' love and support. We hope that you hear us and understand what we're saying. Uh, in the perspective, because I don't, I know I always don't do the best job of communicating like my ideas and whatever, and it may sound like rough, but that's not my intentions at all. But these are, I think, these are important conversations, especially in the missions spectrum, if that's a thing. Um, just at least stuff to think about, you know, stuff mm-hmm. to talk about, think about, and moving forward. So, anyways, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys, love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Provecho. <laughs>